starting today's podcast, I'd like to mention that Lauren and I will be attempting to answer questions you might have. Simply drop us an email at selfcoachinghelp, all one word, at aol.com. That's selfcoachinghelp at aol.com. Of course, we can't offer therapy, but we can explore various self-coaching strategies to help you and others gain perspective over your struggles. And also, if you have ideas or requests for upcoming podcasts, by all means, please send us your suggestions. And once more, that's selfcoachinghelp at AOL.com. And now, today's podcast. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, I'm here solo once again. Lauren, with her many commitments, is still trying to free up our schedule, and we will anticipate a reunion, hopefully next week. So I thought, I thought I'd talk today about a concept that's, that's kind of important to me. In fact, I, I was thinking of, of my next book would have been on this topic. Uh, my agent, however, felt differently. She felt that uh, it's not the kind of book that appeals to people because it's a book about, about aging. Well, I don't know if that book will materialize or not, but the concept is important to me. And that's not so much the negative or the downside of aging, but the upside of aging. Hey, maybe that's a good title for today's talk, The Upside of Aging. And I know that typically we, we, we tend to uh, abhor the fact that, uh, as they used to say in the old million-dollar movies on TV, time marches on. But, you know, it, it, there is something that is kind of critically important that you gain as you begin to fully mature out of the immaturity, the superficiality, the acquisition phases of life where you're, you're so involved in, in getting stuff. I remember George Carlin's once said that that's what your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. Well, when you get, when you get beyond the acquisition phase, when you get into that full maturity phase that comes, you know, in the 60s, 70s and beyond, that's, that's the phase that intrigues me. It intrigues me because I think it's a, it's a potential wellspring of perspective, seeing things more clearly, understanding things more clearly. You know, so this, and I, I use the term true and full maturation because this is where the potential lies. You see, now our stuff takes on a different connotation. You know, it's, it's no longer the stuff that tends to resonate with us, that tends to, to give us that same old. I remember for a good portion of my midlife, there were many a sports car that I used to wish that I could have. And, and now I have an old Jeep. And it's, it's old. It's about oh, gee, 16, 17 years old, maybe older. But I love it because of the comfort. 
Uh, it's got really comfortable seats, and my whole family will tell you how much I love the seats in my old Jeep. And it's one of those SUV things. And, and it's also, uh, you know, a utility kind of thing for all the family when they move. It's, it's got plenty of room. The seats go down. You could pile stuff in the back. And I've moved my kids back and forth from New York to New Jersey and back again. And it's a car that has, has really uh, kind of embodied uh, the the family for me. I mean, there's one yellow dent on the side where my my son uh, kind of scraped the mirror on a taxi cab. There's there's a gouge about uh, ten inches long on the other side where my daughter hit a a pole while moving into her apartment in the um, in the east side of Manhattan. And it's got various other dings and a little bit of rust here and there. But those seats, I've got to tell you. I just, I get in that car, it's in their leather seats and their big old comfy seats. They don't make seats like that anymore. And I know I digress here, but seats today are hard. And the older you get, the more you appreciate a good seat. So let me tell you, I'm old enough to appreciate a good seat, a very good seat. So, so we tend to appreciate things differently. I, I wouldn't want well, I, maybe I would want a sports car, but <laughs> but in, in truth be told, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade my Jeep for a sports car. Uh, not not when the Jeep itself offers so much practical and fundamentally positive aspects to my life. And that's that's kind of the point that I'm getting at is that one of the things that happens is that you you give up the you know, the, the superficial, the shiny objects in life. And you start to realize, you know, what really matters, what's really important. And those comfortable seats are more important than the glitzy sports car, the people turning their heads and just saying, wow, look at that car. And whether the neighbors see it or, you know, it's, it's all of that stuff is secondary. Maybe it wasn't at one time. You know, those were times where trying to impress and trying to feel more puffed up with myself, those were times where that sports car would have made a difference. But now, my old Jeep, that kind of typifies, I think, the place that I want to be, and also the metaphor for what I want for my life going forward. So one of the things that brings us to the conclusions that we need to make as we grow older is that we do, we do get more in touch, not with old Jeeps and comfortable seats, but we get in touch with mortality in a different sense than we ever did before. It was always an abstraction in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, even your 50s. Mortality is, is something that comes later when you're younger. It's something that will eventually come. Yeah, we know we die, everybody dies, but, but it's an abstraction. It doesn't affect you in the same way than when you're older. And the way it affects you when you're older is that, at least if you have some perspective, you realize that mortality can become a great teacher. Because... In order to really appreciate life, one needs to realize that there is a kind of tentativeness to life, that mortality says you don't have forever, you have now. And I like that because it's, it's disquieting. I mean, if one dwells on the mortality concept, of course, uh, 
it, it, it does get to be rather morbid. But you can be aware that, as Carl Jung says, that the sun has now passed its zenith and is beginning its descent. You can become aware of these things. But by becoming aware, you begin to recognize the importance of your days, of the people in your life. Now, where does that come from? Well, the effect of the great teacher mortality is that it tends to put us in touch with what really matters. And my Jeep would be a metaphor for that. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hold up looks anymore. I don't need to wash it all the time. I don't think I've washed it in a few years. But, but the truth is that, that we tend to see what's really important. And this is what the teacher, the perspective of mortality can offer us. Now, when you were younger, of course, you've, you've always heard the expression, you can't take it with you. And that goes, you know, goes in one ear and out the other, of course. But, but as we grow older, we tend to realize that, you know, we don't want to cling to things. Uh, we're not. We're not going to take. I think there was. A, I think it was a New Yorker cartoon or something. There was a a, a Brinks truck chasing a, a hearse. <laughs> He's going to take it with him, but uh, but you can't take it with you. So you don't. You don't kind of accumulate things in the same way. You're not trying to build a warehouse of things anymore because you're not taking it with you. So you do tend to become more involved again in the now, in what's going on now and what's important now. You're not building a warehouse of things and stuff for the future. You're starting to use your stuff now, the stuff that matters. So we learn that stuff doesn't deliver us, not anymore. And we tend to see our eyes are open now. We tend to see the true perspective, the true reality of living more in the moment. Now, it becomes easier as you get older to live more in the moment, easier than when you are distracted in your 20s and 30s by all this stuff going on and all that motion in your life and the acquisition of this and that and getting somewhere in the power and the status. And oh, now you begin to rest a little bit. You know, yeah, your metabolism slows down. Gravity has its effect. And, you know, you tend to slow down a bit in different ways. But you also tend to slow down a bit in terms of chasing rainbows, chasing carrots. You tend to slow down a bit and you ask questions. You see things differently now. You ask, why? Why do I need that carrot? And, and the answer you get is, well, I don't. You know, I mentioned how our, our bodies... You know, they no longer respond the same way to gravity. You know, it's, it, it forces us to recalculate and to accept the myriad changes in our bodies. And th that's a humbling kind of influence. You know, we're humbled by the fact that we are not, you know, impervious to things going awry. You know, was, you know, just not being able to run marathons anymore or to climb steps with the same vigor. And, and each, each time you, you experience something like that, 
you know, you there's a part of you that feels, you know, kind of mourning the loss of that ability and agility. Uh, I mean, I was a, a pole vaulter in college, and and uh, I can only imagine, you know, just just trying to do that now. It just, it you know, it just there's a, a sadness to it, but there's a reality. You know, old guys like me don't pole vault. There was a there was a time in my fifties where I was asked to join a, a seniors. Uh, track and field club in here in the state and I went home very excited and told my wife about it and her words were you've got to be crazy and, and I thought about it and I I thought about planting the pole and feeling my arm snap and my shoulder come dislocated and she was right but the thing is that you know we we let go of that ability or those abilities and the youthful the youthful access to our vitality, we tend to let go of that in a disgruntled way. But eventually we do. Eventually we come to realize that we're becoming different. And we start to see that if it's a negative, we start to see that as being limited. If we turn it into a positive, we start to see it as a time to open ourselves up to other more pertinent aspects of our life. So becoming more aware of the transient nature of all things, this is very disquieting because family, friends, as we grow older, there are, you know, illnesses, deaths, people around us tend to get whittled away, the older you get. Now you can be listening to this and becoming, maybe you're becoming really bummed out. I hope not. And I'm going to try to spin all this in a more positive way. So bear with me. But you see, the thing is, when you realize that you can't cling to something and, and make it permanent, that's another reason why in the moment you don't waste so much time wishing for something that isn't really uh, accessible. You begin to appreciate the now. You begin to appreciate what you have because things can change in a blink. It's important to recognize you don't want to cling and possess life. You want to live it. And you can only live it in the present. If you are dreading the, the future, if you are dreading getting older, then, of course, your present is going to be contaminated. It's going to be contaminated with this anticipatory angst about what's ahead, about the challenges of aging. So there's, there's absolutely no question that as we grow older, we have the opportunity to become more rooted in the now. Again, mortality is the great teacher. So as we grow older, we realize that we are no longer are we thinking about the bigger house, probably thinking of downsizing. We're getting more involved in what makes sense. And, and this, is, this is where I want us to be with this talk. What makes sense? Now, anyone listening to this who's in the mid-years, the young to mid-years, keep in mind that there's a lot to be learned from us old folks. I'm, I'm told in Japan that uh, the elderly are revered for their wisdom. You know, in our culture, the elderly are dismissed as we call them grandpas. Well, from one grandpa to you, let me just say that you're going to, you know, have this concept of old age 
somewhere in your back pocket, never really in focus, nor should it be. I mean, you don't want to become bogged down. But do understand that, that there's more to getting older than negativity. There is truly, truly an awakening. There is this rich, wonderful world that all of a sudden begins to open up to you. I'll come back to my seats in my Jeep. Uh, the comfort I get from those seats are the comfort I get from life now because I realize what's really important. And I realize that it is the friendships, it is the relationships. See, those are the things that are eternal. And those are the things that when experienced in the moment, there needs to not be a past or future. There is just that moment, that very valuable experience of fully appreciating. When you're younger, of course, you've got one foot in, one foot out. You're thinking about 150 things that you're going to be doing tomorrow, the next day, the next year. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to acquire a lot more stuff and all of that that you, you want, you know, all that ambitious stuff. But you get off the hook at some point. At some point, you're, you're allowed to, to really just enjoy the stuff that you have but to enjoy it differently. You see, it's not enjoying it because you're going to enjoy it today and then tomorrow you'll get a bigger thing to enjoy or a better thing to enjoy. You're enjoying it for the intrinsic value of that what's around you and those who are around you. So if, if it disturbs you that one day you will grow older, keep in mind that there is, there is just such a, a wonderful possibility that exists in your life. And that's to, to really recognize that your whole universe is encapsulated in your day. Every day is a new universe. And with proper perspective, you can live that universe in a way that is truly resonant with who and what you are. Or you can, you can dismiss the day and the universe and just be always living somewhere in the future, always anticipating more and something else and moving on too fast. But if you, if you could take some advice from us old folks, from us grandpas, keep in mind that what's important is, is to, and if you're in that acquisitional phase, okay, but, but take a deep breath and realize that going forward is a positive thing. I think that our culture tends to bring about a fear. You know, the whole Hollywood uh, you know, it's, you know, looking young is, you know, it's become a god, you know, just to all the different things we do to try to recapture our youth and to, to not, you know, allow age to show and all of this kind of stuff. Go back to my Jeep. And I hate to keep going back to my Jeep. You can tell how much I love it. Go back to my Jeep. I mean, it's got the scars and the battle, the battle bumps from life, but but it's a proud, proud old car, and and it it really doesn't have to be anything other than what it is. And what it is, you know, embraces a lot of very, very intimate and wonderful experiences. Sitting in that Jeep is like sitting in life, where you're just happy that it is what it is, and it's it's when you when you decide that. You want life to be more, and you're trying to cram it in because you're getting older. 
when when you have that midlife crisis or that midlife crunch, you know, stop trying to stall life. Try, stop trying. You know, we've got to stop thinking of getting older in the negative. And, and it's a stretch. Obviously, I think, I mean, it would have been a stretch for me if you had told me this when I was younger. So regardless of what age you are, whether you are 20, 30, 40, 70, 80, regardless of your age, every age is an opportunity to appreciate more. Every day is where you want to be. It's harder from when you're young because of all those acquisitional things that are prompting you. It does become easier. After this podcast, just, just take a second and realize you have a universe in front of you. Sure, you have to attend to life's demands, but you also need to realize that you don't want to be a victim of life's demands. Live your life in the present. That's what aging teaches us. And if you're lucky, it doesn't, you know, not everyone learns to be in the present. And as you open your eyes, as you see things more clearly, it becomes easier to understand what it's all about. You know, I've often, when I was growing up, I would often ponder the meaning of life. And I guess what I would say to you now is that when you ponder the meaning of life, then you don't get it because you're, you're in your mind and you're trying to figure out what that meaning is, as opposed to being in a meaningful relationship with life where you don't have to ask what the meaning is, you kind of know it. And and that's the kind of meaning that's that's really resonant with a fulfilled life. When you don't have to figure out, am I living a meaningful life? Should I be doing this or should I be doing that? When you are in sync with yourself, the meaning is apparent. When you are in sync with a loved one, when you are in sync with the activities of your life, and when you're in sync with the now, yeah, then the meaning is apparent. You don't have to ask that question. One of the things that I have learned is that every decade of my life has been a worthwhile decade. And there's no reason for me to think whatever remaining decades I have, should I have, should I be so blessed, will be any less instructive. We learn, we grow, we mature. And if you, if you have an open mind, then we're in a pretty good position to continue to grow and mature. Maturation is, is not a thing that you arrive at. It's, it's an evolutionary thing. It never stops. The more we mature, the more we live correctly. And that's, that's kind of my definition of maturity is that maturity is living correctly. Now, I can't define your correct way to live. But there is kind of a resonance with things that are correct for us. I know I'm not going to mention the cheap, I promise. <laughs> but, but when you live correctly, when you live with meaning, it's obvious. And when you live incorrectly, 
When you go against life's tide, life's current, and you try to go backward instead of forward, it's time, it's time to recognize what living correctly means to you. And I know what it means to me. It means having a resonance with those things that matter. Uh, you feel that. When you're doing something that matters, then it's, it's effortless. Uh, yesterday, I was out. We had a beautiful, warm day. Yesterday, I was out doing some pruning. It was the right thing to do. I didn't know I was going to go out and do some pruning, but it just seemed sunny and bright, and the plants were needing some attending, and, and it worked. And there was a resonance with that, and there was a, a satisfaction with that. And satisfaction is a very good word because when you are satisfied, with you and the things that you do, that's another aspect of meaning. Satisfaction comes from living correctly, being in sync with yourself. And I think it's important to be satisfied. Now, that's a tough thing for a lot of people because satisfaction is usually connected to uh, those acquisitional things, you know, the bigger car, the bigger house, the better job. Once, once you start to become satisfied with those simpler things, the things that matter, life becomes a totally different experience. You know, because when you are unsatisfied, then you have no, you know, say but to live in the future. You're always anticipating how you're going to get that next car or that next date or that next whatever. So you're always kind of not okay in the moment. You know, there's always, well, I should do that and I should do this or I, I need to do that. So as long as you're living your life anticipating what you need, then you'll never be in sync with what you've got. You know, it's all perspective. You know, take a rainy day. I mean, why is, why is a rainy day a bad thing? Well, it's just, you know, one day is wet, one day is not wet. Well, we say it's a bad thing because we're judging it. We're interpreting it as not good. But yet a rainy day just is. It takes us to say it's good, it's bad. We determine our experience. We determine our days and we determine our life. So your life is a constant evolution towards ultimately, if you're lucky, an expansion, an opening up, an awareness. What potential truly exists in your life. Maybe that's the meaning that people refer to. Okay. So maybe it's, it's being able to one day fully understand where your meaning lies. So I know I've been rambling here and I, I know that, you know, that this is kind of a, a, a touchy subject, especially when you start mentioning the M word mortality. Some people, you know, it's, it's funny because some people have a, a kind of a morbid fear of death. I remember my training analyst once said to me that, you know, if you're not living correctly, you're going to be fearing death. And I, I think he was right. I think that when you, when you are anticipating death, you're escaping the day that you have in front of you. And you're living in some abstract fear of something that is going to happen, but it's not happening now. You're alive. And if you weren't alive, you wouldn't be listening to this. So, 
So live your life. Don't be living your life, anticipating your life being snatched away. That's just the wrong thing. And if you're young and you're listening to this and you've made it to the end of this, this podcast, just keep in mind, there's a, there's a lot to learn from us grandpas and grandmas. And if you glean a little bit more from understanding the perspective uh, of an elderly person, then it's a good thing. And maybe it will help you slow down a little bit in that anticipatory, anxious, stressful life that you're involved in. And maybe you don't have to wait till you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond to really understand or have a better grasp on what really matters. So I wish you well. And visit our website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my latest number one selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join, hopefully, Lauren and me next week, and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, life is what you make of it. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on.